When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. I'm your host, Scott Kennedy. I live in Atlanta. North Metro, anyway. You know, Atlanta keeps getting bigger and bigger. And uh, my co-host, Nick Kendall, is brewing up some coffee. He's in Seattle, so we give him a little extra time because he's three hours ahead of us and or behind us, actually. And uh, he'll be joining us here shortly. So I I told Nick, I said, I'm going to go ahead and get started. There's some things I wanted to talk about um, to set up the show a little bit. One of the things we're going to talk about is uh, Daniel Jeremiah. I think he's he's probably been around a while. But, you know, I think compared to a guy like Mel Kuyper, who's been around for 40 years, Daniel Jeremiah is kind of one of the newer guys. Daniel Jeremiah does a great job. You've heard us talk him up uh, a lot on this show. Uh, we're, We're a big fan of what he does. He came out with his second mock draft yesterday and we're going to get into that about where the falcons went with it you may already know uh and and the options and is it the right option the other thing i want to get into probably first before nick gets here or while nick gets here i'll set it up was the uh the other nfl.com proposed trade column article um that we aggregated at all falcons dave holcomb had it up and i posted it and the, the proposed trade was okay uh the Falcons want to make a big splash. They could send their number eight pick, okay, one first rounder. They could send their uh, 2025 first round pick, and they would send Bajan Robinson to the Bears for the number one overall, and they would also get back running back Khalil Herbert. Um, Falcons fans have lost their minds on this one. Um, basically, three first round picks, and you get the number one overall and get something back, and Falcons fans have lost their minds. They are pissed. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, we go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We go live because we like having the conversation with y'all. What's on your mind? I don't want to just sit up here and monologue. I want to have the conversation with you and, and think, what what are you thinking? And as I've said before, if you're respectful, I'll listen. I'll, we'll have that conversation in the comments and after. If you're not, I'll probably boot you off my channel. It's just, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you I'm right when I'm going, when I'm trying to prognosticate the future, that's for sure. So don't tell me I'm wrong. Let me be wrong first. Scott, you were wrong about this. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm okay with that. But, uh, you know, when, when people start saying, oh, why would you draft that guy? Laugh my ass off. Ugh, um, you're not necessarily going to be right on that. So keep it civil and we can have great conversations like we do in this chat. This is a tremendous little community that we are building up in here. Uh, and it's getting bigger and bigger every week. Thanks to people like you. Thanks to people like Michael Ranquillo. Ranquillo, he says, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Good morning, Michael. And Michael isn't just always here with like the moral support and following us over on Twix also uh, at Scout Kennedy. He always sends us support. Say, hey, great show. And we love him for it. 
And, and, and Michael came in with a $50 super chat, that hot pink coming in, saying uh, just support for what we do here. And here comes Nick in right here any second. Uh, looks like he's typing, so he's probably about ready. And I'll, I'll bring him in in just a second. I want to say thank you to Michael. Michael is a Denver Broncos fan who is also, I think, just a fan of the work that Nick and I do. And uh, speak, of the, speak of the devil and he shall appear. Uh, it is uh, it is Nick Kendall out in Seattle. Nick, how are you doing this morning, my friend? Very tired. Very tired. Last night was a uh, an unfortunate set of events that uh, resulted in probably two hours of sleep. And he woke up I'm like, okay, it's perfect timing. He's not going to wake up for, you know, until 20 minutes before the show, hour and a half before feeding takes me up. Like, okay, now I got half an hour of sleep. If I do that, I'm not making the show. So <laughs> we're here. Um, but uh, Yeah. Yeah, yep. you get some of those like that five a.m. flight. Mm -hmm. You're like, yep. okay, I have to leave the house at two thirty. That's not getting up. That's staying up. Yep. So very tired um, today. Thank God for uh, Patrick and Kona coffee, but uh, might need a nap at some point today to get. I don't think I've gotten eight hours of sleep in in two months now at this point. So yeah, I'm, I'm and it's amazing. You know, I said this about living in New York. It's amazing what your body and what you can become used to, but there's some things I just don't want to get used to. Yeah. You know, I'm mean, like, yeah. you go through hell week in a fraternity and you're working on like three hours sleep. And by like the third day of three hours sleep, you're like, okay, I'm feeling all right. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't want to get used to that. I don't, no. I didn't want to get used to trash in the street and the stinkiness of New York. I don't, yep. and, and, and 800 square foot apartments. I, I don't want to get used to that. No. So we're, we're surviving. I always, my friends always say that my superpower is uh, the ability to go with very limited sleep. Um, I, Cause I was friends with a bunch of business majors and the only biochem pre-med uh, around there. So uh, I got they a, were a little more social than you a little bit, had a little bit more time to be social, but I was also in fraternity and remember hell week as well. Uh, we had that independent fraternities. We didn't have much oversight uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, those were, those are something, but uh we're here, we're alive, and I see Michael's making it worth getting up in the morning. So God bless yeah, you, Michael. For Hope sure. you're doing Michael, well. and then so right much. after Michael, here comes John with that Falcons red. John Harrell coming in with a hundred dollar super chat. Guys, this just it literally keeps us going. It makes it so mm -hmm. we can do more of this. Keeps our wives off our back a little bit, um, you know, because we're talking sports while they're working hard and doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I always said it beats working for a living, uh, mm -hmm. but no, we work hard to try and earn your respect, earn your support. And, and Michael and John, it shows a lot. And John says these, how these John Harrell says these Justin Fields rumors are warming up. And part of it yesterday had to do Nick with Justin Fields. This is what I think is so funny that like is it, it qualifies as news. Now Justin Fields unfollowed the Chicago bears on Instagram yesterday. And I think he'd been following some of the Atlanta Falcons, Drake London, you know, he's, he's an Atlanta kid. Um, Kennesaw anyway, you know, that's Metro Atlanta these days. Um, and you know, that, that was the big news is Justin Fields has unfollowed the bears on Instagram. Uh Oh, what's happening here. I mean, it's been discussed since Super Bowl week that from my understanding and who I've speak with, uh, granted, you know, some of it secondhand still, but it sounds like the bears have made their decision and it is a matter of if not when, and all this dragging out is just, more leveraging teams against each other and assessing the fields market. And it's going to go from a murmur to a loud uh, mumbling at coming up with the, uh, the combine uh, next week where you talk about so many deals are made after hours, especially in Indy. So 
Uh, the rumors, I would say they're more than warming up. Uh, Justin Fields is not going to be a bear. Now, is he going to be in Atlanta? I don't know about that. I'm having, I don't just, we don't know what Zach Robinson wants, right? All we can go off of is what the Rams had and they were much more, you know, pocket oriented passer. We saw Goff, we saw McVay. Fields is not that guy. He's much more of a Shane Steichen kind of quarterback, you know, RPOs, shotgun, quarterback runs, uh, you know, the, the Jalen Hurts style of quarterback, if you will. So All right, here's a question I, I have. <clears throat> we okay. saw Zach Robinson based on what they can do. Now, mm-hmm. Zach Robinson, if I'm not mistaken, I think of him as a fairly mobile quarterback when he was in college. Um, I do not remember. Oklahoma yeah, State. I just, for some reason, I don't remember watching him too much. But my point is, who's he had at, at quarterback? He's had pocket guys. Yes. You know, so exactly you, know, yeah. you don't know exactly – Okay, with Matthew Stafford, who's got one of the best arms in the history of this game, you got what you got. You know, you're going to take advantage of his ability. You're going to try and protect him, and you're going to try and give him weapons, um, which is what you do with every quarterback. But you know what I mean. You're going to try and get a, you know, move him around within the pocket, maybe some waggles here and there. But, you know, it's a Sean McVay offense for sure. Um, Sean McVay was an option quarterback at Marist High School. <laughs> he was a, he, he ran the triple option. So, again, I, I trust these guys to be able to adapt based on the personnel that they have. You know, it's not – it's not. I think the system stuff gets overblown just a little bit. You know, they'll – it's like, well, we can't run this with this guy. Yeah, yeah, we can. Well, they're, they're smart guys. They can adapt. They, they can draw up other plays or, you know, copy plays from other people that are working. Um, so I think it's possible. And, yes, John, I think the Justin Field rumors are heating up. And to get to Greg here – who's coming in here with uh, the green. He says, good morning, Scott. Do you honestly think there are any truth or fluidity to the field rumors? Or do you both think they are? Yeah, I think there's some validity to Justin Fields being an Atlanta Falcon next year. Now, I still think the Bears have the number one choice. But if it's a trade, the Falcons can outbid the Bears. Their first picks ahead of their... Ahead of their um, you're mixing up a team here. He's going from the Bears. I'm from the Bears, the Steelers. I'm getting my okay. my colors, you know, mixed up. Steelers, Steelers. I think the Steelers. That's why you didn't look at me funny when I said they have the number one pick, because yeah. um, the Bears do have the number one pick. I think the Steelers have the number one pick of basically the available quarterbacks, but the Falcons can outbid the Steelers in a trade. Um, now, how much would they be willing to go? The Falcons aren't going to give up number eight. The Broncos, the good God, Scott, the Steelers could give up a 20-something. That's not as as bad. I don't the, the Falcons aren't going to give up a number one for Justin Fields. They'd be silly to do that. But their two is higher than their two. Their one is higher than their one. So unless the Steelers want to go with a number one, I think the Falcons could outbid the Steelers for Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't have any doubt about that. I'm also curious about we have not uh, discussed them as much, but Raiders also, I mean, right now their starting quarterback is Aiden O'Connell. They're sitting there kind of in no man's land at 13 overall. And they also brought in Champ Kelly uh, to be, I'm not sure if he's, I can't remember if he's a straight up general manager or if he is uh, the assistant general manager, but he's with the Bears for a while. He was part of that team that drafted Justin Fields there in Chicago. And now he's going to be in Vegas. So he knows there's got to be a relationship there, at least some familiarity. Uh, so I think, the Raiders are a team that we haven't talked about as much, but given where they're at, uh, I think that that's one that I am I'm curious about the fit. The Raiders have all of their own picks, one through five, and that's at 13, 44, 77, 113, and 147. So they've got their five picks in the top 150. 
and the Falcons still have that extra pick. So mm-hmm. they've got 8, 43, 74, and 79. You know, if you take a second, a third, <clears throat> take that, take your second and a third from uh, the Calvin Ridley trade, if it ends up still being a third, um, you know, I think that might be able to trump it. But basically, I think the Falcons are in a good shape if they decide to make a trade that they can they can outbid somebody. Now, the if that's the direction they want to go. Now, you don't want to overspend. Now, Nick, um, the NFL.com, before we get into the uh, the Daniel Jeremiah trade, I want to get your reaction to this. NFL.com, and I, I don't remember which the, which the writer it was, but we aggre- aggregated it over on All Falcons and discussed the merits of it. They proposed a trade. They said um, the Falcons really want to make a splash. They should trade up with the Bears for the number one pick, sending them eight, sending them 2025 number one, and sending them Bijan Robinson. And they get back the number one overall and the rights to draft the number one quarterback and Khalil Herbert uh, running back in return. What would your reaction be to that trade? Giggity. Uh, that would be that that's I think you're probably going to cost more than that to get up to number one. I think it's their rumors are that for the Reds, uh, excuse me. Oh, my gosh. I almost got in trouble there for the commanders. Uh, it would have cost an unprecedented deal to move up from two to one. So for the Falcons to move up, uh, you're probably talking about multiple P players going with and all three of your next first round picks, probably three day two picks this season as well. I, so I just I think that it's going to be too costly for it to be worth it because the bears, it sounds like the bears pretty much have their minds made up unless they get a offer that is unheard of in the history of the NFL. And what's funny, Nick, is I said this when I posted it, you know, this is what NFL.com is saying this proposed. This is from NFL.com. Falcons fans have lost their minds, lost their minds. They're so pissed that it's even being considered. They're angry, Nick, angry. That would be the stupidest trade. What Bears fan wrote this up? And I just, I kind of laugh at it. I'm like, listen, you might not want to do that trade, but it's the Bears that would turn it down. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. Not close. That's, that's not enough for what, uh, like, you know, and the thing is, it's like, well, why would you trade all that for a player who's not proven? Because that's how it works. That's how it works. Um you know, so it was uh, who who they trade? I just there's there's Nick. Let me. I just was texting with my buddy this morning. Last year, the Bears got DJ Moore, two first round picks and two second round picks for Bryce Young. For Bryce Young, that's a better package than what this trade proposal is. A much better package than what this trade proposal is. Now, there's a lot of emotions about Bijan Robinson, about he's this good, and that was a waste. You know, that would just say you were wasted your pick, whatnot, this, this, and this. No, it, it's not the Bears' fault that you overdrafted a running back at number eight. You know, you no. that was considered an overdraft from the get-go. It made sense. Like I said, I can defend that pick, but you're even getting a running back back that's a pretty good player. Two first and Bijan. CBS did a redraft last week. Bajan wasn't even in the first round. Now, I disagree with that. Yeah, that's I disagree with that, but I think it's basically a 20 to 32 first round pick, not a number eight. So you're trading eight next year's pick, which you're hoping will be in the teens or later, and Bajan Robinson for a number one. That would be the cheapest move up to number one in recent history. Yeah, it's now, not happening. And I, 
I do like the comments coming from Jordan Brown that you wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's it's again, it's going to take an unprecedented move. You have to compel them. Everything is for sale to a certain price, but essentially what I'm understanding is the first pick is not for sale. So it's kind of like we talked about, I think, I don't remember who it was, uh, maybe with the Broncos, like for Patrick Sertan last year, it's like, okay, well, give us three first round picks. No? Okay, then we're not selling. Like it's the, the price is the price. The price is what you're willing to play. This a pay. It's a capitalist market. The only parameters are you can only trade what you have and only three years worth of first round picks uh, up into the future. So I just, I can't see any way the bears are moving off of that. It sounds like they've made their decision. It's going to be Caleb Williams. I would be shocked. Yep. If it's not, I know things we are two months out still, but there's just there's a lot of connections and talk coming out of there that that's it's no, going to be Caleb. I agree. I, I don't think you can pay enough to get the Bears off of that spot. But if you were making that move, it would cost you more than what that trade proposal was. Now, I'm not advocating that you make it <clears throat> by any stretch of the imagination. That's too much for me, too. Yeah. You know, the uncertainty too scares the hell out of me about prospects. I get it. But if you decided you were going to move up, you're in love with this. This is our guy. I'm a new coach. This is what we're going to restart Falcons football with, with, with a number one quarterback. That's not enough to move up. The last two big picks trade ups in the first round have been more than that. So again, it's probably a decent deal. If both the bears fans are saying, no way we want more than that. And the Falcons fans are saying, hell no, we're not going to give that much up. If you piss off both sides, you're probably somewhere in the middle, <clears throat> and it makes sense a little bit. So, yeah. again, Falcons fans, and God, they're just nasty. They're really, why are you posting this garbage? I know, you can't count on NFL.com for anything these days, can you? Um, so, and I know people can't read, because some of the comments are, why would we trade for Fields and then to the number one pick? Morons. It's not what it says. So please read before you get all angry. It's just carpet away your keyboard. Read it first. Then let's talk. I wouldn't do it either. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't give up eight and next year's next year's number one and Bajan Robinson to move up to number one for the uncertainty of a draft pick. I wouldn't do it either. But if you decided you did, you'd need more than that. You'd, yeah. It would cost you more than that. Like I said, the Denver Broncos would come in with two number ones and Pat Sertan. And I would take that deal over the one the Falcons just just uh, that, the, over that proposed deal. Um, Want to get back in here? Uh, Sotha still comes in. He says, "Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Kirk Cousins on a two-year contract plus JJ McCarthy is the best. This feels like a newer name, so welcome in. Is the best possible outcome for the quarterback position be addressed? We talked about this. I have a different solution if you go somewhat this route, Nick. And we we talked about that on Monday. But what would you think about this? I think that that would be the best solution uh, for the team. I am wondering how Kirk Cousins would feel about that uh, in reality, if he's the head honcho there, but he's older, he's coming off an Achilles. Uh, the other thing is, is he going to be ready week one? I haven't heard anything on that. Uh, so just, just curious. Uh, but I mean, as far as, you know, multiple best or multiple talented assets, ones that have a, you know, a two to four year window. And then JJ McCarthy, who might be the, second most gifted. I mean, no doubt. I don't even want to rank him, but no doubt a gifted quarterback. Uh, this would probably be, I I'm in agreement. I think this would probably be the best, uh, best solution, uh, to getting a quarterback out of this, this uh, off season cycle. And I disagree with this. Okay. Okay. But we went, it's close. It is close, but we went with a different direction with this. If you're spending, let's just call it a hundred million dollars over the next two years. 
on Kirk Cousins, you're you're going to try and surround him with as many weapons as you can because you're saying my window is now. I'm I'm not going to draft a quarterback with number eight. I'm going to go try and get the best possible other player that's not a, a quarterback. Think of it. I, I've made the same exact um, parallel with Aaron Rodgers. You you make that trade, you make that deal, and you get Aaron Rodgers because you think you have a window now to win. So you surround him with as much as you possibly can to win now. So if it's Kirk Cousins, you're going best prospect available and trying to win right away because you've got a two-year window before you have to start over at the quarterback position. Hmm. Russell makes Wilson sense. makes a lot more sense here. Russell Wilson will be dirt cheap. He'll be a veteran minimum. I can sign Russell Wilson to $2 million next year, and then I can draft my quarterback because I'm not investing money into Russell into Russell Wilson. I can then still get my quarterback of the future. Russ, come in here, and we've got second, third-round picks, third-round picks. We've got a good offense. We've got reasons to come here. But if you go expensive at the quarterback position, you're going best prospect at eight. If you go, um, if you go Russell Wilson, if you go cheap, then you're you're trying to get your quarterback of the future on that one. The thing about Russell Wilson, again, it's cheap, but I think it's the same conversation as with Justin Fields. Uh, the ability to play on time is extremely lacking. That's why he's out in Denver. And he's probably one of the bottom five quarterbacks in the NFL this last year, definitely bottom 10 in working the middle of the field, which both have been very much key tenants in the Shanahan offense so again you want to build the offense around the quarterback if he's cheap short term uh because the broncos are going to be on the hoof for it it's not it's not the worst in the world but i do wonder if they look at him and be like honest to god i'd rather have jimmy garoppolo because at least he can run what i want to run and right. execute i know that's overblown but i you you've been around coaches scott mm -hmm. the hubris is unbelievable i can't believe people can fit in a room with them sometimes with their, <laughs> their heads or walk through doors so uh, i am curious about that kind of quarterback and the, the chaos merchant off to, uh, off scheme stuff versus somebody who can come in and run the offense. Uh, so would be interesting for sure. But Wilson's going to be dirt cheap. He's going to be playing as mad as he gets, I guess, at least on the surface, what he presents. Uh, so will be interesting. You figure he's certainly an upgrade over oh, what yeah. the Falcons put out there last year. So you get better and you can keep building. You can, you can keep building and get better. Um, for sure. Leon, good to see you, Leon. He says, uh, now I want to know, I heard that we might trade Bajan for Justin Fields. Leon, I think this is all part of the confusion of that NFL.com article because it starts off by saying it makes more sense for the Falcons to trade for Justin Fields, but if they want to make a splash, they make a different trade with the Bears. And it included Bajan Robinson and two first-round picks. That was what we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Because I'm looking through my comments on here, and there's people saying, you know, why would we give up all that for Justin Fields? I'm like, guys, that's not what it says. I'm reading it like three times. What are you talking about? Um, so I think that was just the confusion. People reading, you know, they can't even get to the end of a tweet anymore, Leon, uh, let alone a you know a 500 word article. So I think that's what that was about. Bajan Robinson for Justin Fields is asinine. That's not ever, 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 ever going to happen. Uh, Stacy, good to see you. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick. How are y'all today? Doing all right. Doing all right. I had um, another one of my old man moments. <clears throat> I got my, for those of you over 50, I had my second shingles vaccine yesterday. Mm. Holy hell. How bad can shingles be if the vaccine, good God, I felt like I'd hold my whole body had been sandpapered last night. I 
I've heard that is a one of the worst vaccines in terms of the uh, reactogenicity. So, uh, God bless. Hopefully, you're feeling better. Hopefully, it was short term. Um, it is. It's not bad. It's it's basically one night. It starts okay. hitting. But the first time I did it, I went on a bicycle ride. I got my vaccine and I went on a bicycle ride, which gives you kind of saddle sores anyway. You know, mm -hmm. so your skin's a little sensitive. It was cold, wind blown, and all that stuff. And then by like five o'clock that night, I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to die. I'm, I'm about to get the flu so bad. I'm like, oh yeah, I got that vaccine. Mm -hmm. So it hit me last night about 7.30 before we did the, the before we did building the Broncos. And I'm just sitting there squirming in my chair. I'm like, would you guys get off already? <laughs> I could tell you were, I thought maybe it was uh, the bathroom calling for you there at the end. But, I'm like, uh, oh God, I'm hurting so bad. I want to lay down with soft sheets. So, but doing good. Uh, Jacob Cunz, uh, that feels like a newer name to the super chat. Mm -hmm. Thank you, my friend. He says, good morning. I usually listen on Spotify. Glad to catch uh, catch one live. Well, we're glad to have you here. Appreciate you checking on Spotify. Our numbers are going up on Spotify and Apple Pods as well um, to, because of people like you. So make sure you give us a review. Thank you very much. He says, what are the chances the Falcons trade for Justin Fields and still draft a quarterback? I think... At eight, I think pretty slim. Yeah, I think slim go. and none is what those chances are. And I think there was actually someone in here that asked that question um, about that. It's like, I, I it may have been, it was earlier. It says, I heard we could get Justin Fields and McCarthy. I don't see that happening. I, I think, I just, I just don't. I think if you get Justin Fields, you want to give him every chance possible to succeed. And... My hedge isn't with a draft pick on that, Nick. My hedge is I'm not picking up his fifth-year option. That's my hedge on him not succeeding. I'm going to say, okay, in our last mock draft, I think we got a wide receiver at eight. I think we got a Dunze mm -hmm. uh, at eight. You know, that makes sense. Um, I bring in Justin Fields and a Dunze. Uh, okay, well, this offense should be kind of fun. Um, I've got to spend some money on the defensive side of the ball now for sure and maybe use those day two picks all on defense. Okay, we can do that. Um, but I think if you bring in Justin Fields, you're you're trying to build the best possible team and not looking to the future with your draft picks as much. Uh, no more than you normally are is what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say. But uh, I wouldn't do that, Jacob. I would, uh, I would go for, you know, the best prospect available at a premium position at eight if – uh, non-quarterback. Yeah, and or I'm trade down. Someone wants to come up to eight for a quarterback because J.J. McCarthy's there, I'm on the phone. Yeah, yep. I mean, you still might draft a quarterback, but it's not going to be at eight. Uh, Justin Fields has been injured a lot. Maybe this new staff is not interested in Desmond Ritter at all. Maybe they end up taking a lottery pick on a... I'm going to just say it, Scott, just to tease you, even though this, you don't feel this way, but Scott's guy, uh, Joe Milton, uh, down there, you know, then... Yeah, Day three, you know, fifth, yeah, maybe fourth, maybe maybe late day two, but yeah, I, he's a traits guy. You you take a swing at for cheap. Yep, I think he's gonna go pick ninety to one twenty, uh, somewhere around there. But uh, that's something you still might take a quarterback because you should always be hunting. And Fields is gonna lose his cost control soon and been injured. Uh, but as far as drafting a quarterback with a high premium blue chip caliber resource, once you make that Fields move, you're saying that that's not happening. Yeah, I, I think your hedge on that is also you keep Desmond Ritter or do you move on for him for a pick swap? Do you just give him a clean start somewhere? Cause you don't want him, you know, just the human being aspect of it. I don't, I don't want him in who he's already got these relationships and then the clicks form in the locker room. 
all that kind of stuff. I, I, I might just move on from Ritter. If I'm playing Madden and I don't have to deal with the personalities, I, I keep Ritter up. He's, you know, as a guy with a young guy with possibly some upside. Um, yeah. Keith and Ellen Johnson says, good morning, guys. I'd like to see Russell Wilson and draft a quarterback and appreciate the stars, Keith and Ellen Johnson. So he, he came in with those over on Facebook. Appreciate you breaking the ice on that. Yeah. And this, that's what I was talking about too. I, I think that would be really good. Um, you know, we talk best possible scenarios, best possible scenarios is you get one of the top three quarterbacks without having to trade away the future. That's not happening. Um, yeah. you know, unless somebody falls, which I'm not buying Nick, you talked about it last night and I've talked about it before. Why is Drake may falling? Man, nobody's falling. You asked that question when Drake may is sitting at seven on draft night until then it's all BS. I've, I've been, I know how you feel about that, Scott. And I've been agreeing with you for the most part, but I'm going to push back a little bit just because I go back and watch the tape and I did some work on him yesterday. It's confirmation bias, brother. It is confirmation bias, but I think that watching my eyes and I've been wrong on quarterbacks before God knows, but you're always trying to learn. I don't think it's a slam dunk that quarterbacks go one, two, three, because I worry about Jaden Daniels. I don't, I mean, Drake may and Caleb Williams prototype, big arm athletes, frames, multiple seasons of production, young tick after tick after tick on the box. The most touchdowns Jaden Daniels ever had before last year was 17 passing touchdowns in a season. I think he's probably got the worst arm talent of these top guys. Uh, he can throw the deep ball, but I, mean, I almost think it's more neighbors and Thomas doing things than uh, the velocity from Daniels and how he runs. It's I've heard people call him Bugs Bunny. It's like cartoonish because he takes these unlandish hits from that skinny frame. So I think there's a real reality out there where the Patriots love Caleb Williams and love Drake may, but they're like Jaden Daniels, not for me. I'm going to take Marvin Harrison jr. There. So I just, I really want to like Jaden Daniels and I've been biased and wrong before, but I just wonder he's, I don't know if he's actually toolsy enough in the passing department with the age, with the frame that I, he's an undoubted one, two, three. And the Patriots might just sit there and say, I'm going to take the best player in the draft hall of fame potential at a premium position rather than trade down. I don't, I just, that's how I'm feeling. I could be way wrong. We'll see. No, that's different. Okay. I was speaking of Drake may. Oh, okay. Yes. It's, yeah. I'm with you on Drake. I was may. speaking I'm of Drake may who yeah. was bit, who has been at one or two for over a year. Okay. Just like yeah. Bryce young and CJ Stroud, where all of a sudden come Thanksgiving the year before the draft, CJ Stroud's in the twenties. Yeah. No. Why is CJ Stroud falling? He's not. He's not. Why is Drake May falling? He's not. Now, Jaden Daniels is a little different because he's had a meteoric rise, theoretically. Um, yeah. And again, if they fall to five, that's not falling for me. It, it's when, oh, do you think they could fall to 12 and we could get them at 12 and 13? No, I don't. I do not. Mm -mm. Um, and if they are, something's wrong. Will Levis fell. Will Levis fell from the perch that he was considered a number one overall and went 30 first pick second round. I think Joey Porter jr. Is the first pick in the second round, okay, but, but he was in the, was, he ended up going to the second round. Didn't he? Will Levis. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was right. Yep. He fell, um, but again, I just, I've been, I've been agreeing with you about quarterbacks going one, two, three, but I just, there's something about Jaden Daniels. I'm having a hard time with, uh, no, I'll, just, I'll hedge on that one saying, I don't think they go below four. Okay. Cause Marvin Harrison jr. Is good enough. I don't think they go below four. I think if, if if Marvin Harrison Jr. goes top three, just like last year, with with Will Anderson, then the fourth pick ends up being 
a quarterback, and it would probably be a trade, a trade up to the number four spot with the Cardinals. I'll go five just because I think Malik Neighbors is that good also. And okay. the Cardinals need a guy. And, the, and by all indication, the Chargers are begging somebody to come up to five. So I'll go five. Uh, but it's always we're talking, talking high, bleh, we're talking hypotheticals. So we're both not ignorant and arrogant enough to say that this is how it's going to work two months out still. Uh, we've seen enough to know that that's stupid. Chase Welder, you know, talk about go to your home ball. That is your home. Why will you not go there? It's your home. If you're listening afterwards, he's got a happy Gilmore. Uh, if you're listening, it's, it's hard to, to do the visuals gags sometimes on uh, on audio. So, And we do know we got lots of people listening after the fact. So, Chase, mm. thank you for the support. Appreciate you being here. Um, Darius Mayfield, we're going to roll right into this because this is what we were talking about. Darius, very cool to see you. Love your name, by the way. Both sides of it. I think that's a, that's a really cool name. Um, so you got that going for you. Uh, Coming in with that with that that orange super chat twenty dollars. Thank you for the support for the show and everything we do. Uh, we hit on this just a little bit just now. Um, let's get into it a little more specifically as it re- regards to the Falcons. What are your thoughts on trading up to number four for a dice roll on Jaden Daniels? Um, given the Patriots would have to pass on him, in worst case uh, the scenario, the Falcons end up with Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, so you're saying let's move up to four regardless regardless and then take a chance i think the cardinals do not move off of four until marvin harrison jr is off the board yeah so they want marvin harrison jr too they stay at four you might be able to pull off a draft day trade and that's kind of what i was just saying darius is if marvin harrison jr goes in the top three the cardinals are open for business they're open for business and they're going to get probably three first round picks from a team that's moving up. Maybe not that many if you're just going from eight to four. But um, did I say something wrong, Nick? You're giving me No, that. I'm just doing math. Uh, I was told there'd be no math. It's <laughs> going to be weird for the Cardinals um, to trade off four. Not that they can't because it's always good to have more picks, but they already have an unbelievable number of picks in this draft, Scott. They have seven picks in the top 105 of this class, and that's before comp picks. I don't know how that'll play out, but uh, – they have seven picks in the top 105. They have 13 picks overall. So there comes a point where you have... Thanks to the Will Anderson trade, right? Thanks to the Will Anderson trade. I think another trade is well in there. But yeah, the Will Anderson trade uh, is a big one for them there, moving from six to three to six. Uh, so they already have so many picks. It's I mean, obviously you can get more and maybe they start to kick some of that into the future as well. Uh, but it's going to be... I'm There's like a point where it's like almost too many picks to roster, right? And like too many rookie contracts hitting at the same time. So they're a weird spot, in my opinion, for the trade back. Uh, Even though they have the fourth overall pick, they considered to have far and away uh, the most draft pick value in this upcoming class. So uh, this is a weird spot. Pretty interesting to to watch. So then it happens. The team that would love to move down is the Chargers because you said five earlier. So maybe you go to five, but this doesn't happen, Darius, unless Marvin Harrison Jr. comes off the board at top three. I'm listening. I'm listening. But then maybe you can get to five and get your quarterback and move up three spots. And maybe then it just costs you a future number one to move up from eight to five. It's definitely worth thinking about. It's What's got to happen is Marvin Harrison Jr. has to go in the top three. Mm-hmm. That, that has to happen to make one of those quarterbacks available from four and beyond. Then, then we're open for business. Then we're yeah. open for business on this. 
And I know um, that the general consensus far and away by almost everyone has been from the media side of thing. And, you know, everybody's kind of group thing to, you know, you see each other's work. So it's really hard not to be that. I respect the people. I mean, I don't respect the people who come in like Caleb Williams is a fourth round prospect. Shut up. But, you know, like having some different takes rather than the homogenous, everything that you see. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the idea of, Hey, pay attention to me. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm different. I'm so special. Uh, but the, uh, I think there's a chance that McCarthy's ranked higher by the Falcons than Jaden Daniels. Again, coming to the scheme fit, the under center stuff. Do you want somebody who's more hit the drop back and run or somebody who is more developmental pocket oriented, uh, younger player? I mean, it's just, again, not, I'm not going to have McCarthy over Daniels, yeah. but these teams are different. Again, I, I think I mentioned it on Monday. Bruce Feldman did an interview before the season saying some teams had McCarthy, the number one quarterback and Feldman did an interview uh, just last week uh, with Rich Eisen saying that some teams have McCarthy number two overall on this class and some NFC teams do as well over Drake May. So it's lying season. You know, it could be complete BS. I think a lot of the Drake May stuff, Scott, kind of like looking back, the CJ Stroud stuff might have been uh, teams that are hoping that there might be a slight slide uh, so you can go up there. Uh, but um, do, you, do you remember 2018, the day before the draft, all the Josh Allen tweets that hit? No, I wasn't doing draft then. Okay. Pretty good authority. A team we were just talking about really wanted him to fall and was sitting on those and then released those right before with a lot of uh, slurs and bad things in them. So how uh, that happens. I'm going to talk bad about this guy so I can get him. Yep. You know, very, so I've seen that happen in eight. You wreck baseball, Jimmy, go out there and boot these four grounders. So you fall in the evaluation. So you look terrible because we want you on our team I, I, again. I believe it, and we're talking about a billion-dollar business here, not AU Rec Baseball, and I've seen grown men turn into cheats for uh, for that. So, uh, Bobby Means, good to see you. He says, Fields is most likely going to be a Falcon. Plus, I think Romeo, Rome Adunze at eight is not a bad idea. That's where we went last week. I'm almost positive we went Monday. with, with this Rome week. Adunze in the mock draft just because Yeah, I, Dallas Turner was still there, but Nick says... I like Roma Dunze that much more that it's worth it. And yes, there was a question in here. Uh, how do you prioritize the the uh, the needs between wide receiver edge and cornerback two? For me, the needs is edge wide receiver cornerback two. That's how I would put those in order. The biggest need is edge, but I'm not going to reach. If I've got a gap in my board, Wide receiver is up here, and for those of you listening, I've got my hand on top of the other, and edge is down here. I'm not going to leapfrog one need to try and fill a bigger need with a lesser prospect. That's the old, we know, the old best prospect available philosophy of Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith of running back and tight end. They don't care about position of need, so mm -hmm. they're going BPA, and, and I think if you get a veteran quarterback – then you're you could absolutely use a pick on a wide receiver at eight. Yeah. And I want to address uh I always love the passion from Rusty Moore. It says Nick must have a JJ McCarthy poster on his wall. The Falcons take JJ over Daniels, I'll burn all my gear. I would always, you know, recommend, you know, kind of just taking a step back if you're feeling like that. Uh, but I just said I would have Daniels over McCarthy. But there is enough talk to people I respect, uh, from people that I respect that there's a conversation there. Um, so I think that that's a, we, we will see, um, in the end, but again, uh, different folk or different kind of players, 
teams are going to rank these guys differently. They're not all on the NFL media draft expert group think going on there. So we'll just pay attention. We'll see. It's possible that because of the scheme fit, Daniels is the number two overall to the commanders because of the 10 personnel shotgun quarterback run options that you're going to see with Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know. Uh, but again, I do not think that I would be set in stone uh, with McCarthy not being very high. And I, we'll get to McCarthy because I think you wanted to talk about Daniel Jeremiah's mock, but I was, you know, McCarthy first round pick. That's fine. You know, 12, he's in the conversation there for me. Now I'm pretty sure he's going to go in the top 10 and the tape. There's like a lot of good tape out there as well. It's a low volume. Uh, but some of the advanced stats surrounding McCarthy are just like making me question myself. It's like, he's that he was that good in that <laughs> scenario. Uh, so it's uh, again, I don't think he's in the Caleb Williams, Drake may conversation, but he's really talented and tantalizing. And I understand. And what's What's interesting. I wanted to ask you this question. If he goes back to Michigan, where's he getting drafted next year? He's the odds on favorite for the number one overall pick. Exactly. I think without a, a chance, you got a chance to get him an eight a year early might be worth taking him. Um, but Rusty says, why do people act like the Bears fleeced the Panthers last year? It wasn't two firsts. It was a swap and an additional first. First would have been another uh, first in 2025. Two firsts would have been another. Media lives to exaggerate stuff because you're getting something back. Now the net is an extra first. If you want to take the first out of it, then they sent them DJ Moore a first and two seconds for nothing. So the difference it is between eight and one two firsts, <laughs> two seconds, and DJ Moore for a first. Now, what that nets out to, but what you sent him, what you sent them was two firsts. You got a first back, but that's what you sent. And in return, you got the rights to Bryce Young. So what do the, for the rights to Bryce Young, what did they get in return? Two firsts. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Um, that's just the way it is. Now, what's again, what's it net to? That's different because you did get something in return. But again, then let's do the, is Caleb Williams worth a 2025 first and Bajan Robinson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you got to throw in another first. That makes it two firsts. Yeah. So that's why. That's not an exaggeration. Rusty, the exaggerations are the non-guaranteed contracts. That's the biggest exaggeration for me. Oh, he just signed a four-year, $75 million contract. Really? Because it's real, it's got $15 million guaranteed money. That's a one-year deal for $15 million with three years of club options. That's the big exaggeration that gets on my nerves is the the total number in there that people like to – the media likes to blow up. $200 billion contract. What's the guarantee? What's the guaranteed money in there? I'll take what he should be making a year, divide it into the guaranteed, and that's how long it is. He should be making twenty five, and he's got $50 million con guaranteed money. It's a two-year deal worth $50 million. Yeah. Um, want to catch up on here? Y'all are killing it on the super chat today. I certainly appreciate it, y'all. Uh, Sotha still coming in again. He says, "I want Mike Jacecki at wide receiver too. He's not physical enough to stay at tight end, but he's big and fast and fluid with great hands and feet. I'd love him to drop down to two thirty and can be a monster across from Drake. I want something a little different. Unless it's Mike Evans, I, I want I want a slot guy. Really, I, I you you play Kyle Pitts out wide enough." You got Drake London. I want a different skill set in there. I feel like, you know, if we put Mac Hollins at tight end, would he have good? Would he would he be any good there as a receiver? I, I want, I want a little more quickness, a little more suddenness instead of a, a wide receiver coming down to tight end. Sotha still. That's that's where my thought process is on that right now. I almost wonder how much you know 
Kyle Pitts is kind of already in that mold. Uh, I have not watched Kosicki. I always liked him in a straight line speed, and he was definitely a, a go up above the rim ball getter uh, at Penn State and at Miami. I think he was like a really good volleyball player as well. So that kind of made sense for the hops uh, that he had. Uh, but as far as, you know, throttling down and the ability to get separation, uh, maybe it would be better at 230 just because, you know, P equals MV. Uh, if we're talking about momentum, the ability to change directions better if you have less mass. <laughs> so that, maybe that would be something there uh, to try with him. I don't know if it makes sense for where the Falcons are at, uh, but I mean, heck, that's I, I like where your head's at. It's uh, really definitely being innovative and thinking about positionless football, which is something that Falcons had been on the forefront on despite the uh, less than stellar results last season. So getting to our original topic, we'll get to it now. The um, Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft too. We've talked about this enough that we put some analysis in this already in his mock draft too. He's got the Falcons taking JJ McCarthy at eight. Nick, what are your thoughts on the Falcons with uh 21 year old JJ McCarthy, Michigan at eight. And then I'll, kind of argue with myself after this because I put some thought in this already. (laughs) I think if he falls to eight and you have any sort of conviction about him, you should be excited about it and taking him. There's always going to be risk, but taking a quarterback without having to trade up while still having all your other assets, I think is a well worthwhile move uh, in the end. So McCarthy is very intriguing. Um, He's lost like one game in the last two seasons at Michigan that uh, I guess we'll call it a stinker of a game um, versus the, uh, the TCU horned frogs, but he's been really good. He's been running a NFL style offense. I think that that's, you know, NFL style. What does that even mean? Nick, there's not a lot of fluff. There's not a lot of screens. There's not a lot of behind the uh, line of scrimmage stuff. Uh, He's having to work a lot of full field concepts. It's not a lot of first read open guys time and time again. Uh, and I know that people will be like, well, why didn't he throw it very much against like Penn State or something like that? I want some go back and watch the Penn State game holistically. And I remember watching that game live and it took, you know, somebody tweeting it. I'm like, oh, yeah, gosh, I even have tweets about that. There's a edge rusher who's going to go in the first round on Penn State named Chop Robinson, who absolutely the first two drives of the game absolutely obliterated the Michigan right tackle to the point where Michigan without Harbaugh, who was suspended, uh, Sharon Moore was there, said, you know what? But nah, we're just going to run the ball. We can do this. We're just going to run it. So I don't think, honestly, it was a J.J. McCarthy issue going away from the run in that game specifically. It was an offensive line, protect your right tackle, protect your quarterback from getting obliterated because they could not block Chop Robinson and Abdul Carter and Isaac, uh, the other Penn State edge rusher that was down at the uh, the Senior Bowl. Penn State always got freak athletes up front. It's nuts. Uh, so... McCarthy and just coming back to McCarthy, uh, want to give credit to Brett Whitefield um, with a bunch of interesting uh, data points about McCarthy and just the top four quarterbacks. I see Jeremy's in here, Jeremy. I'm sorry, I got to say it again, <laughs> but I I need to get back. Jeremy cut up 20 minutes of Bo Nix, uh, all 22 too as well. So God bless you. Uh, but Brett Whitefield, Brett Whitefield identified four quarterbacks worth mentioning here, not Penix and Bo uh, Bo Nix. Uh, but quarterbacks by first half passing attempts this season, McCarthy with 199, May with 194, Daniels with 184, Caleb Williams with 167. Huh, interesting. McCarthy had the most first half attempts. Uh, a percentage of attempts on third and six plus, McCarthy at 17.8, Drake May at 14.1, just gets lower and lower. Pass attempts against top 25 defenses, 50% of McCarthy's passes were against top 25 defenses compared to Mc- Jaden Daniels, who had 16%. Also, 
McCarthy didn't even play in seven fourth quarters this season. Michigan was up an average of 13.2 points at halftime this season. I really don't know if it was a, we don't trust McCarthy. Like Scott, we go back to, uh, we talked about Matt Corral where it's like third and six and all they're running is quarterback draws. What the heck is this? It was more so we're dominated on the ground. We have the lead. We're going to ice this out. Jim Harbaugh style versus we don't trust our quarterback to get it done. He was um, 44 and seven in the last two years in touchdown interception ratio. That's good. Um, Andrew Newman says, would you take him at eight and sign Wilson? Yes. I'd be perfectly happy with that. In fact, that, that starts to look like one of my best scenarios is Russell Wilson and a quarterback. Yep. And we, we've talked about that before. Some people say, I don't want Russell Wilson because of this, this, and this. I'm like, no, no, it's not Russell Wilson. It's Russell Wilson and yep. it's, it's, it's okay. I've got a veteran. Now I've got, I'm, I've got a rookie too. I'm, I'm doing both. Um, so Andrew appreciate the stars coming in. He says, would you take him at eight and sign Wilson? Yeah, I would. I absolutely would. Um, and Jeremy, he's uh, he says McCarthy versus Maryland was really bad. Probably should have had three or four picks. It happens. Bad, game. bad games. Uh, I know you're you're on the Bo Nix bandwagon. I'd like you to go watch Bo Nix play when he was uh, 20, 21 years old. It was god awful. So the guy that's three years younger with the better arm, you're willing to bet on traits. You're willing to bet on upside there at eight. Um, There's a question here: Are there good quarterbacks available? Um, other good quarterbacks available later. Yeah, Bo Nix is one of those guys. I, I think Bo Nix in the second round makes a lot of sense. I think Michael Penix on day two makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I don't want Michael Pratt. That's not my guy. Um, I'd be happy with Joe Milton down the line. Jordan Travis is somebody at day three you could take a swing on. Um, but uh, again, this this may be solved before the draft, which could be interesting. If they get Justin Fields and quarterbacks off the table before before the draft even comes in. Yeah, and um, you didn't uh, you didn't mention one guy. I do think that he's at least worth throwing out if we're going to toss in all those top 100 eligible guys is uh, Rattler, Spencer also, Rattler he, for sure. Yeah, Spencer Rattler's a day two too. guy. Yep. He might be the first. He, he he's in there with Penix, uh, with Penix because of injuries. I think he's a probably a maybe a tier below behind Bo and uh, and Michael Penix, but not. I feel like he's closer to those two guys in the second round than those two guys are to to where I would want them in the top ten. Yeah, I've, I'm going to push back just a little bit on that. I think that Bo Nix is a day two grade where I think I'm comfortable with him going anywhere from 25 to 40, where Penix, I have enough issues with his tape and medicals too that I think he's a tier below um, Bo Nix, honestly, right now. I don't know who it was in here. Somebody absolutely skewered me saying that I had questions about Penix's ball placement and accuracy. Like, hey, what do you mean? He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football. You're starting to see the uh, scouting reports come out now and everything is like uh, the ball placement is not great. Uh, there's a difference between throwing darts and throwing a, a general accuracy thrower. And uh, you go, you watch Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, and uh, uh, no, not Jalen Polk, uh, Polk and McMillan highlights. They're making unbelievable plays outside their catch radius or on the very fringe of their catch radius. I don't know about Penix's pinpoint accuracy and ball placement. Uh, so he's, I think he falls a bit. Also, he's horrible. Uh, when he's forced off the spot. But again, I think Rattler is interesting. Rattler was, Scott, some of the numbers for Rattler are unbelievable. I think he was pressured on <laughs> nearly 40% of his dropbacks the last two years, where typically you see guys around like 15%. And South Carolina had 10 different combinations of starting offensive line this year in 12 games. So it, Yeah, he wasn't playing so in I mean, Michigan, that's for sure. <laughs> no, or any of these teams. It was definitely the worst... I definitely the worst situation. No, like I said, the, the, the South Carolina fans, I, I started 
just doing this. What are South Carolina fans saying about him? And they're like, this is like the best quarterback we've ever had. Uh, and, you know, it's not a quarterback you for anything. I mean, South Carolina is not a, a blue blood program, but they've had some players come through. They got a Heisman Trophy in there. Um, but one of the things are we talked about this with Matt Corral. Remember, it's, you know, I, I go to watch Matt Corral and they're not throwing the ball. I'm like, well, why aren't they throwing the ball? J.J. McCarthy, they don't even trust this guy to throw. No, why would you throw? when If if they were 8-5 and five and J.J. McCarthy wasn't throwing the ball, I'd be a little more nervous. But yeah. when you go, what, 15-0, and 0, whatever, however many freaking games they play now, you don't have to. I Kind of a lesson I learned when I first started like interviewing recruits at the time. I'm like, uh, I was talking to a running back in Mississippi. Hell, it may have been Jarius Norwood. I'm like, I'm like, hey, man. What, are, what were your stats from this year? He's like, oh, I had, you know, 100 carries for 2,400 yards, <laughs> 50, you know, 35 touchdowns, you know, silly high school numbers. I was like, what about receiving? He's like, yeah, I had about five catches for, you know, 50 yards. And I was, and then it hit me. I'm like, why would I throw it to him when I can just turn around and hand it to him? And he's, he's averaging 25 yards a game. Matt Corral bothered me because Ole Miss wasn't that good, relatively speaking, and they still weren't throwing the ball. J.J. McCarthy, again, he's extremely efficient good touchdown-interception ratio, and they're winning, and, and the tools are there. It's not like he's, you know, uh, speaking of Knicks, Pat Nix was at Auburn. I was at Auburn the same time Pat Nix was there. You know, Pat Nix was, had an 11-0 season, 11-1, mm-hmm. 10-1 season, but he didn't have the arm that J.J. McCarthy was. I yeah. mentioned J.J. Uh, Jay Barker, again, 92 Alabama national champion. They were 12-0, 13-0 when they won the thing, but he didn't have the arm. Yeah. J.J. McCarthy does. He's got the tools. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with the conversation about J.J. McCarthy needing time to sit just because of the amount of reads that they put on his plate and the dropback pass sets. <laughs> what was that? And big games. And big games. But, I've, I mean, again, a lot of these quarterbacks come in RPO screen-centric where they're not playing under center. McCarthy has more under center reps than any of these guys. Uh, so I think that honestly, I mean, again, there's a lot of talk cause he's so young and quote and un, quote unquote inexperienced, but I think from the NFL developmental standpoint, he's, I think it's probably close to these guys because he's had those reps. My biggest thing with him uh, is physically he's still really slender. Uh, and I think that that is something that can get better. I don't know what he played at this season. I'm hoping he comes into the combine close to two ten. Uh, but I, that the the actual muscle mass on him is a concern for me, not so much as it is with Jaden Daniels because Jaden Daniels is twenty three and he can't he's already bulked up from what he was at Arizona State. Uh, but it's some that's I don't think from a mental standpoint I'm, I'd be fine playing him pretty quickly. But from a physical standpoint, he needs to be putting on some mass. And with that mass, Scott, we talk about how good the arm is. I almost wonder if he can add more velocity because he yep. can add more muscle to his base. I mean, he's kind of skinny right now, but the frame looks like he can pack on more weight. Uh, so, you know, do you remember my original comp for JJ McCarthy? You said, I don't know about that. And it's, it's, it's a physical comp, not a mental comp. I don't. It was Jay Cutler from an oh, athletic. That's why, yeah. Jay Cutler from an athletic and arm talent perspective is that's what I got flashes of when I watched <laughs> He's JJ anti Jay Cutler playing the position though. He's Jay Cutler. If Jay Cutler wasn't, you know, smoking every weekend and <laughs> uh, partying and doing his own stuff. He, he's, you know, he's like the anti Jake. 
he's like the evil, I guess Jay Cutler is the evil version of him. They're evil twins, you know, same in all the abilities and whatnot, but the mentality is different. Uh, so, and again, coach was going to eat this JJ McCarthy stuff up. Uh, I think it was Dane Brugler talking about him. Um, he played, he could have sat out. He had a broken hand um, during the high school playoffs. And uh, he went out there and played with a broken hand and they end up winning the championship. And also at Michigan, he's calling around to other recruits saying like, if you're coming here for anything, but ball, do not come to Michigan. Do not come here. You're not coming here to party. We're not here to race cars and, you know, whatever girls and drink and be stupid. We're coming here to play football. Uh, so, again, I think people are going to love that. came to the combine at 226. Yeah, I, but Jay was a senior, maybe even a redshirt senior. Yeah, but that's still was, 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I Again, just I think it's the arm elasticity yeah. with him and the um, – the whip that he has on it. I mean, the motion is so no, there's nothing good. wrong with Jay Cutler's arm. And I, I used yeah. to say that Jay Cutler got into, uh, he was playing for Vanderbilt and had to play hero ball too much. And I it's, he, then he never got out of that habit. You know, I, I always mm-hmm. called him the dumbest smart guy I ever scouted. You don't go to Vanderbilt, even as a football player and not be smart, but he played dumb. Um, yeah. And he didn't, he didn't grow out of it in the NFL. You know, yep. that's not something you have to worry about with, uh, with JJ with JJ McCarthy. He's mm-hmm. he's okay playing within system, but then he's got the physical ability to make plus plays, drive the ball oh. downfield, make the tight throws, all that kind of stuff. So I would be happy for the Atlanta Falcons and the quarterback of the future to take that step of building for the future with JJ McCarthy at eight. I know, and I like I said before, y'all, after the top three quarterbacks, and there's gonna be some teeth gnashing in between there no matter what. But after that, there's going to be a very divisive opinion. If it's 90% positive on Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels and 10% negative, those scales, the farther you go down, are going to tip more towards negative and positive being equal. Kirk Cousins, top free agent quarterback in in the class, is what people think right now. I don't want him. He's old, injured, and too expensive. Justin Fields, oh, incredible upside, great athleticism. He's a bust. Why would we want him? Uh, J.J. McCarthy, he's a 21 year old skinny game manager who, you know, can't do anything. Michael Penix, the dude's got more injuries than I do at 51 years old. Bo Nix side to side. He's a windshield wiper merchant. All he does is check down and dump off Joe Milton. He he can't hit the broadside of a a barn. Can't hit water. If he fell out of a boat, there's going to be all of those type of things on every quarterback beyond that. So, like I said, all I ask is just be civil in the discussions because I, as we project, we're never going to be right. Lawrence with the stars, man, he is speaking of obsessed. Lawrence is obsessed with the tight end and the fullback. God bless you for it, Lawrence. Taking me back to my 80s and 90s with the Cowboys and 49ers and Novacek and Rathman and Moose and Brent Jones. So what are some what are some positions that can block for a new rookie quarterback coming in? Um, left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. And then you can uh, you can get a blocking tight end too, and drop him down into H back and fullback as well. If you want to talk tight ends and fullbacks, baby, do I have a college football team for you? We don't score more than ten points a game. There's games where they scored zero points against uh, ranked teams this season, but God bless, they use the fullback and the tight end. So, uh, <laughs> oh my God, pain. Um, but uh, no, it's uh, talking about blocking for new quarter. It's a really good tackle class. Uh, really, really good. I think that. If the Falcons, it's going to be hard to talk about it at eight overall, but let's say you trade back. Caleb McGarry might not be a fit for the new offense, and he might be somebody that I think his contract's pretty easy to move on from after this season. So there's a reality where the Falcons trade back, and the best player available is a tackle, and you take him. 
probably leaning edge slash cornerback uh, over that, but uh, you never know. Uh, so that's definitely an interesting one. And uh, <laughs> Rusty, I love you. I just, uh, we don't see McCarthy the same and that's okay. Um, I think there's still a lot of risk with McCarthy overall uh, just because of the youth and because of the volume of pass attempts are still not high, but we saw last year. I mean, we're, we're a year ago, Scott, a year ago, right now, pre-combine. Where was Anthony Richardson going? At the combine? Like where, where in the draft before the combine was the Richardson? He was sneaking talk? into the top 15. Okay. And before the combine, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, that's a day two grade uh, kind of guy. I, don't, and I then think he we, was coming up anyway. Again, people knew he was going to test like an, like a freak. Yes. But after the combine, it was like, okay, number one overall, maybe question mark. He was my number one quarterback. I still, I mean, Stroud was really good this year, but the, the most best comp I can have for Richardson is Cam Newton, just for the size and athleticism, arm talent. But uh, yeah, the, the, I think we'll as come far out of as combine. the tools, he he is Cam Newton. Cam Newton was a better passer coming out by far, yes. by yep. by far. Um, yep. But I agree. Richardson two, two played really well for Steichen. He's a uh, man. I love Richardson, uh, but I think I got somebody in here last year was skewering me for Richardson love too. I think it was Ryan, Ad- Ryan Adonis. Yeah. 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 But we yeah, don't, so. we don't, we've got an incomplete on that too. And like I said, you know, uh, if, if you feel adamant about one of these quarterbacks, that's fine. Keep the receipts mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it. Like, like I said, yeah. Rusty, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. That's for sure. You, you might not be wrong. JJ McCarthy could be terrible. I'm not going to tell you no. you're wrong. That's why I say all the time, at least let me be wrong before you call me wrong. When we're predicting the future, we're not wrong. Not yet. But we will be wrong. I promise you. It's 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 an absolute certainty we're going yeah. to be wrong. Don't look at my takes from the 2018 draft. I'm a different man now. But uh, I did like Josh Rosen. So uh, screw me. That was probably very influenced by how bad Paxton Lynch hit and uh, coming off the Peyton Manning era. Smart cerebral pocket quarterback. We'll just get it done. Mm, you got to have... Clubs in the bag. I think that's a big takeaway here for the tangible stuff. We don't know the intangibles, so all we can talk about is the uh, the tangible stuff. So the tools, the traits, and everything else secondhand. But Keith uh, we says, got Keith, Keith yeah, coming Keith in. Says, uh, yeah. Scott, you like the the idea of of signing Russell Wilson and drafting your quarterback at eight, like JJ McCarthy. But how short a leash would Russ be on in that scenario? I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think he. I think a. a I think Russell Wilson would be better than a rookie J.J. McCarthy for the first year. So we'll see. I don't know that Russ would want to do that. I think he'd probably want some assurances that they don't go quarterback at eight. He I would like have... to do that, but I don't think he would do that. Russ doesn't have that leverage anymore. Um, he's not that guy. He needs to come to reality that he's at best a stopgap or a bridge. So no, I but don't he, think... he does, though. He, he, he's got the leverage to say, I'm going to sign with a team and I'm going to be a, I'm going to be the starter this year as a free agent. Now, whether they back that or not, yeah. he's got that leverage because he'll be a free agent. I don't think a team, I don't think there's a single team in the NFL that would hitch their wagon to Wilson to that extent and contractually agree that they would not pursue other avenues at quarterback in the draft uh, because of where Russell Wilson's at in his age, his athleticism, and quite frankly, where the league is at. We talked about this a lot, Scott. The too deep safety shell Vic Fangio stuff that's taking away explosives left and right and making you work the middle of the field constantly. It's the anti Russell Wilson defense that's out here right now. And it's just, it's, it's exacerbating all of his faults. Uh, so it's, I, I don't think he's at a point in his career where he, ha- he they're going to be teams that are looking to bring him in, but it is very much a 
stopgap. We hope we get competent quarterback play. The the talk of top 10 sailed. It's gone. Uh, Bury that one. So I just mentioned, at least let me be wrong before you tell me I'm wrong. And and, Triple Eight Dr. Pepper, he's come in to let me know. He says, Scott, you've been misinformed. You're wrong. They did throw Joe Milton out of a boat multiple times, and he did, in fact, hit water. Okay. Okay. Appreciate it. Let me retract. He can hit water if he fell out of a boat. So, um, no, and again, that's just a, um, it's just an exaggeration. Again, I can pick the negatives and what everybody's going to say on every single quarterback. It's going to be very divisive uh, at the quarterback position beyond the top three. The top three are going to be pretty, they're going to be pretty well happy. Oh, man, we're really happy about this. The consensus, there's always going to be the vocal minority. But that minority is going to grow larger and larger after the top, after the top three picks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I again, we'll, we'll see. I am having a really hard time believing that uh, Drake May is not going to be two overall, and I don't think that you're going to have a chance at Williams or May in the end. But I think three yep. is open for business. I don't know if I want to trade up for Daniels or McCarthy right now, um, from where I'm at. But we'll see. We still got two months of this process, and it's fun. We spent a lot of time on quarterback today. Shout out to Daniel Jeremiah back to his mock because we got to get on out of here. But he had four quarterbacks going in the top eight. He didn't have a single quarterback come off the board after that. So we're we're curious about Knicks and Penix. Jeremiah didn't have them in there. That doesn't mean they won't go there. But Jeremiah has said many times, I follow him, good guy, uh, has taken the time to talk to me when I was, you know, 10 years ago at the Combine. Um, so always appreciated him for that. Uh, that uh, he makes his big boards based on his own evaluation, but he makes mock drafts based on what he thinks is going to happen and what he is being told from the multitude of league sources that he has. So maybe making too much of it, maybe not making anything, but he has four in the top eight, and then he does not have Penix and Knicks at all in the first round. So we'll see if that changes. uh, To take J.J. McCarthy at eight, they passed on Rome Adunze at nine. Uh, Talise Fuaga went to the Jets at 10. Dallas Turner edge is the first defensive player off the board. Um, I just got to just expanded at 11, and then the Denver Broncos go edge Jared Burst. So, there's plenty of players. Terry on Arnold at 13. So there will be good prospects. Mm-hmm. Of, you can either get a really good prospect at a premium position or you're taking a shot at your quarterback of the future at eight. That's that's the way this sets up. So I think it works out um, pretty well. Let me see. And Andrew asked, will I be at the combine? No, I don't go to the combine. You, you can scout a combine off a spreadsheet. You can. That's where the numbers come in. It's a uh, I can look at it and say, oh, Nick Bosa ran a 7-11 L cone and a 417 uh shuttle. I like it. You know, there's yep. there's people that will, you know, overplay some of the I like the way he moved this and that. I've seen all that to this point that uh I I I just wait for the results of the combine on that. There's there's not really any value to being there in person for the time and effort it takes to get there. The value of the combine is the sources you have after the combine. And the interviews. And yeah. The- for content creation, yes, but not really. No, no, for... no. I'm saying for the the coaches and stuff. Oh, the yes, coaches yes. On the prospect interviews for the coaches is very valuable to be there in yep. person. And um, also, actually, I take it back. The most important thing is the medicals. That's everybody going yep. through and getting the standardized medicals is probably the most important yep. thing. So, so it's important for but for for me being there, it, it's not it, it's it's not worth the the juice isn't worth the squeeze when what I really care about are the results, which will come out. Jason Heller coming in, going to close this out here. He says, uh, what's up, fellas? Good to see you here. Thank you so much. 
Uh, Jason's closing us out. We're going to get out of here. And I want to say uh, a hearty thank you to our friends who came in with the super with the super chat and the Facebook stars like Jason just did, like Andrew and Robbie Red. Thank you. He says, very exciting draft this year. It is. It's going to be a lot of fun. Lawrence, appreciate the stars over on Facebook. Sotha's still coming in a couple times. Bobby Means, love the <laughs> love the uh, the avatar, the thumbnail on that. Darius, Darius Mayfield, Chase Wellner, Keith and Ellen Johnson came in. Jacob Coons, I hope I got that right, um, with the support. Greg, as always, coming in multiple times through the week. Michael Ranquillo, the sunrise, because we can count on him like the sunrise. And then John Harrell closing us out with that big red, that big Falcons red $100 super chat. So thanks to all of you. And uh, we will be back. I'll be back on Friday. We'll, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet. We might talk talk quarterbacks all week. So we'll figure something else to talk about. We'll see if there's a new mock draft. Or we may just go down the mock draft and talk other things. But we'll be back on Friday. I'll be back on Friday with Coast to Coast to talk more Less Falcons, more uh, all NFL stuff and news. And then uh, Nick and I will be back on Broncos for breakfast tomorrow at youtube.com slash mile high huddle, where quarterback seems to be the topic of discussion, Nick. <laughs> <sighs> yep, the beatings will continue until morale improves. So uh, appreciate everyone coming in. Uh, we'll see you later. Hopefully I can get some sleep from now until then. And uh I always like to say, and my shows with our, our shows, the Broncos side to uh, choose compassion and kindness. And uh, again, um, it's projecting and whatnot, and people have different views on things. And the best in NFL history at draft evaluation hit at what? A 60% clip, 55% clip. Yep. Uh, so it's better to be lucky than good. And uh, leave room for the unknown uh, because it's projection and we're trying to evaluate humans in different circumstances, which is impossible. So it uh, says Nick is a pirate. I don't know what's going on there. Or is it because I have black eyes because I'm so tired? I don't know what's going on, uh, but uh, appreciate you. Yeah, there is no right way to do this. If there was, someone would have figured it out uh, a long time ago. There's always misses in there. Like I said, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I'll listen. Uh, so, yeah, choose kindness and compassion. Let's be civil. Uh, like I said, the chat in here is always great. The comments afterwards are usually pretty good. They're, they they tend to get a little they rough on that trade which was kind of funny. Oh, the beatings will continue until morale improves. That was a, that was a good one. All right. Guys. Oh, yes. Yes. We got to get out of here. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks to all of you. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe on the way out. Tell a friend this, this community has been growing because of people like you and we thank you for it every day. We'll see you tomorrow if you want to join us. Otherwise we'll see you Friday and back with the Falcons podcast on Monday. Y'all have a good day.